0: You have to find approaches for contemplating and probing at all times so as to catch sight of the flickerings of awareness to see in what ways it streams out to know things. Be careful to catch sight of it, both when it's knowing is right and when it's wrong. Don't mix things up, taking wrong knowledge for right or right knowledge for wrong. This is something extremely important for the practice, this question of right and wrong knowing, for these things can play tricks on you. When you gain any new insights, don't go getting excited. You can't let yourself get excited by them at all, because it doesn't take long for your insight to change, to change right now before your very eyes. It's not going to change at some other time or place. It's changing right now. You have to know how to observe, how to acquaint yourself with the deceits of knowledge. Even when it's correct knowledge, you can't latch on to it. Even though we may have standards for judging what sort of knowledge is correct in the course of our practice, don't go latching on to correct knowledge Because correct knowledge is inconstant. It changes. It can turn into false knowledge or into knowledge that is even more correct. You have to contemplate things very carefully, very, very carefully, so that you won't fall for your knowledge, thinking, I've gained right insight. I know better than other people, so that you won't start assuming yourself to be special, The moment you assume yourself, your knowledge immediately turns wrong. Even if you don't let things show outwardly, the mere mental event in which the mind labels itself is a form of wrong-knowing that obscures the mind from itself in an insidious way. This is why meditators who tend not to contemplate things, who don't catch sight of the deceits of every form of knowledge, right and wrong, good and bad, tend to get bogged down in their knowledge. The knowledge that deceives them into thinking what I know is right, gives rise to strong pride and conceit within them without their even realizing it. This is because the defilements are always getting into the act without our realizing it. They're insidious and in their insidious way they keep getting into the act as a matter of course, for the defilements and mental effluence are still there in our character. Our practice is basically a probing deep inside, from the outer levels of the mind to the inner ones. This is an approach that requires a great deal of subtlety and precision. The mind has to use its own mindfulness and discernment to dig everything out of itself, leaving just the mind in and of itself, the body in and of itself, and then keep watch of them. The basic challenge in the practice is this one point and nothing else, this problem of how to look inward so that you see clear through. If the mind hasn't been trained to look inward, it tends to look outward simply waiting to receive its objects from outside, and all it gets is the confusion of its sensations going in and out, in and out. And even though this confusion is one aspect of change and inconstancy, we don't see it that way. Instead, we see it as issues, good and bad, pertaining to the self. When this is the case, we're back right where we started, not knowing what's what. This is why the mind's sensations, when it isn't acquainted with itself, are so secretive and hard to perceive. If you want to find out about them by reading a lot of books, you end up piling more defilements onto the mind, making it even more thickly covered than before. So when you turn to look inward, You shouldn't use concepts and labels to do your looking for you. Because if you use concepts and labels to do your looking, there will be nothing but concepts arising, concepts changing, and concepts disbanding. Everything will get all concocted into thoughts. And then, how will you be able to watch in utter silence? The more you take what you've learned from books to look inside yourself, the less you'll see. So whatever you've learned, when you come to the practice, you have to put all the labels and concepts you've gained from your learning to one side. You have to make yourself an innocent beginner once more. Only then will you be able to penetrate in to read the truths within you. If you carry all the paraphernalia of the concepts and standards you've gained from your learning to gauge things inside you, you can search to your dying day and yet won't meet with any real truths at all. This is why you have to hold on to only one theme in your practice. If the mind has lots of themes to concern itself with, it's still just wandering around, wandering around to know this and that going out of bounds without realizing it, and not really wanting to know itself. This is why those with a lot of learning like to teach others to show off their level of understanding. And this is precisely how the desire to stand out keeps the mind obscured. Of all the various kinds of deception, there's none as bad as deceiving yourself. When you haven't yet really seen the truth, what business do you have making assumptions about yourself that you've attained this or that sort of knowledge or that you know enough to teach others correctly? The Buddha is quite critical of teachers of this sort. He calls them people in vain. Even if you can teach large numbers of people to become arahants, While you yourself haven't tasted the flavor of the Dhamma, the Buddha says that you're a person in vain. So you have to keep examining yourself. If you haven't yet really trained yourself in the things you teach others, how will you be able to extinguish your own suffering? Think about this for a moment. Extinguishing suffering, gaining release, from suffering, aren't these subtle matters, aren't they completely personal within us? If you question yourself in this way, you'll be on the right track. But even then, you have to be careful. If you start taking sides with yourself, the mind will cover itself up with wrong insights and wrong opinions. If you don't observe really carefully, you can get carried off on a tangent because the awareness with which the mind reads itself and actually sees through itself is something really extraordinary, really worth developing and it really eliminates suffering and defilement. This is the real, honest truth. Not a lot of propaganda or lies. It's something you really have to practice and then you'll really have to see clearly in this way. When this is the case, how can you not want to practice? If you examine yourself correctly in this way, you'll be able to know what's real. But you have to be careful to examine yourself correctly. If you start latching on to any sense of self, thinking that you're better than other people, then you fail the examination. No matter how correct your knowledge, you have to keep humble and respectful above all else. You can't let there be any pride or conceit at all, or it will destroy everything. This is why the awareness that eliminates the sense of self depends more than anything on your powers of observation to check and see if there's still anything in your knowledge or opinions that comes from the force of pride in any sense of self. You have to use the full power of your mindfulness and discernment to cut these things away. It's nothing you can play around at. If you gain a few insights or let go of things a bit, don't go thinking you're anything special. The defilements don't hold a truce with anyone. They keep coming right out as they like. So you have to be circumspect and examine things on all sides. Only then will you be able to benefit in ways that make your defilements and sufferings lighter and lighter. When we probe in to find the instigator, the mind, or this property of consciousness, that's when we're on the right track. And our probing will keep getting results. We'll keep weakening the germs of craving and wiping them out. In whatever way craving streams out for being or having in any way at all, we'll be able to catch sight of it every time. To catch hold and examine this being and having in this way, though, requires a lot of subtlety. If you aren't really mindful and discerning, you won't be able to catch sight of these things at all because the mind is continually wanting to be and wanting to have. The germs of defilement lie hidden deep in the seed of the mind, in this property of consciousness. Simply to be aware of them skillfully is no mean feat. So, we shouldn't even think of trying to wipe them out with our mere opinions. We have to keep contemplating, probing on in, until things come together just right in a single moment, and then it's like reaching the basic level of knowing that exists on its own, with no willing or intention at all. This is something that requires careful observation the difference between willed and unwilled knowing. Sometimes there's the intention to look and be aware within, but there come times when there's no intention to look within, and yet knowledge arises on its own. If you don't yet know, look at the intention to look inward. What is it like? What is it looking for? What does it see? This is a basic approach you have to hold to. This is a level you have to work at, and one in which you have to make use of intention, the intention to look inward in this way. But once you reach the basic level of knowing, then as soon as you happen to focus down and look within, the knowledge will occur right on its own.